0: Welcome to Token Theatre Friends, I'm Jose and today I'm joined by Mimi Paris and Mauricio Martínez of Mask," the music of Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> <laughs> I, <don't like> it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that. So for our uh, viewers and our listeners at home, like, can you describe what "A Mask" is?
1: Yeah. Oh, you did this so
0: well. Oh, uh, yeah.
2: Uh, we did yes. interviews together and I, I described it as a mes- musical memoir. I think that's what it is, you know, it it shares a title with Andrew's book, his memoirs, Uh, they're called Unmasked, that he released a couple of years ago, and it's basically the story of the music of Andrew's work, you know, all of his musicals, how he created melodies, how he thought about uh, stories to tell, uh, with lyricists that he worked at at certain eras, And yeah, it's an inside look at how this mind, this wonderful, brilliant mind works when he creates music, which is what he does best. He's literally in front of a piano, uh, taking us as the audience to a journey. And there's ten singers on stage, Mamie and
0: myself included, that help him tell that story. I feel like if you are of a certain generation, like, you, you know, like, there's no Broadway without, you think of Broadway and you cannot not think of Andrew Lloyd oh, yeah. oh,
1: yeah. Especially contemporary Broadway. Oh, I yeah. mean, since the 80s, you know, he's given us, I think, probably some of the biggest selling, most memorable musicals on Broadway. So anybody that came up in our generation or younger, it's just a part of the zeitgeist. It's part of the vernacular when you talk about Broadway.
0: What was your first memory, uh, uh, no pun intended, don't <laughs> remember. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My first memory, I, I'm from Mexico, so I grew up listening to Camilo Sesto, mm-hmm. which is a very famous Spanish singer, pop singer, who played, he bought the rights to a Jesus Christ Superstar in Spain, and did the world premiere Spanish production, playing Jesus, but he released Gethsemane as a single too. Mm. And it was beautiful and I remember listening to this song and going, wow, what, what a beautiful song as a kid. I didn't know that it came from a show. Later in life, I, was, I like put one on one together I'm like, oh, this comes from a show. And it's the same guy that um, wrote Cats, I, I started to see Cats because there was a Mexican production in Mexico City, so I would see the commercials on TV and then the Phantom. Like, just as a teenager, I was like, oh, this is the guy that, oh, and he's married to Sarah Bregman. Oh, like, I just started finding out more and more and more. And this was at the time where he was doing Sunset Boulevard. So he was, like, at his, the top of his game. He was a superstar. And that's how I found out who he was. And I, I realized the brilliance in his work, you know, uh, Jesus, Joseph, Evita. Um, and then I saw the movie Evita, and then I just lost it. I was like, oh because wow. Antonio Banderas really inspired me. I was like, oh, somebody like me can be in, in a show like that, in a movie like that. So, that was it. <laughs>
1: Uh, I would say my story's a little different. Um, <laughs> I, I grew up, I didn't really see a ton of, th- I mean, I saw some theater as a kid, but I didn't really know anything about musicals. My mom was a flight attendant, mm-hmm. and uh, one time, you know, it, sometimes people would leave things on planes, and they'd call and they'd try to get it back, they put them in Lost and Found, and after a certain amount of time, they were f- up for grabs, like Lost and Founds do. And uh, she brought home one time a, like a travel cassette, holder, that's how long ago it was, (laughs) that had like six or eight cassettes in it, and one, you know, there were two, a two cassette set of the musical Cats, and I mean, I already liked theater, and I think I had had, I think at that point I had like a a record of a chorus line that we'd gotten at a garage sale for 25 cents or something, so like I, I knew that I enjoyed that stuff. And then to have these cassettes, and I, I wore them out, and I loved it, and I used to dance around the Macavity in my room, and, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know, it just kind of helped foster my love of theater, but I didn't learn anything about Andrew Lloyd Webber, I mean, probably till like high school, when I started right. actually like studying theater, because I went to an art school, and, and I'm sure we watched film of things and, and learned about Andrew Lloyd Webber then, but really it was, it was cats.
0: There you go. You were destined. Yeah, yeah. And it's so fascinating because I feel like in many ways his music is in our blood, if that makes sense. Yeah. Even you know like my brothers who are super butch and not interested in musicals at all (laughs) or Broadway or anything like that, they both love uh, Memory. Oh really? Yeah. And when they found out it was you know. In cats, they were like, a cat sings this? <laughs> right, yeah.
1: You're like, yeah, but you have to understand. They're like kind of personified. <laughs> cats are,
2: it's very complicated. Well, there was a single too. I think Barbara Streisand was the one that yeah, recorded, she recorded first. It. Like, be- before even the musical came out. Uh, so he's also like a pop writer in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, I oh, Because yes. the songs, a lot of his songs that then became hits, were released first as a single by a recording artist. <clears throat> uh, and also Evita was an album before, so he's, he's sort of like crossed over, I think he was the first one that made, um, like Lin-Manuel is doing the mixtape now with mm-hmm. Hamilton and all that, I think Andrew Lloyd Webber was the, like the father of that um, pop crossover like if the world even like Jesus Christ I think. Was, yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ Superstar yeah. was
1: strictly a rock album. It was a rock It rock. was like Tommy's, I mean it was like the Who's Tommy. Mm-hmm. Strictly a rock concept album and it, he didn't even, it didn't even occur to him in the beginning that it could be a stage show and even when they started talking about it you know if you read in his memoir he talks about how he was not sure it was gonna work and now mm-hmm. it's like one of the most produced productions ever, ever. but it really came out of just like kids in their, you know, basements, jamming. list jamming out to Jesus Christ Superstar. And I think that's something that a lot of young people in theater today don't realize, is that this really, this genre that he kind of created in musical theater really stemmed from rock and from mm-hmm. popular music, which I think is one of the ways that it makes it really unique.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you've had, as I saw you in School of Rock and you were fantastic. Oh, that. thanks. And you've <laughs> had... Who
1: did you see me as?
0: As the, the girlfriend.
1: Oh, okay. As a bitchy girlfriend. Yeah.
0: Who best? I loved her.
1: Oh, my God. I was like,
0: like guy was such a slacker. You have to have a villain, you know,
1: and and she's a fun villain, so. Yeah, yeah. that's a whole
0: other story, but yeah, (laughs) uh, so you and Andrew go a long way back.
1: Yeah, Uh, we. I mean, a long way back to (laughs) at least working together to 2015. Right.
0: So, yeah. And this was your first time meeting Andrew, right? My first time meeting him, yes. So can you talk about, you know, like, what you comfortable sharing and what wasn't like a secret that you're like holding in your heart well I was starstruck you know like
2: um we have a lot of people in common mm-hmm. in our in our both our lives but we had never officially met but I mean he's Anne Lloyd Webber so he's basically responsible for a lot of my uh, musical theater adventures you know I played Jesus in Mexico I did Evita which is one of my favorite uh musicals of all time my mother is obsessed with the Phantom of the Opera, <laughs> so she wants me to be the first Latino uh, Phantom on Broadway. She's like, "When are you gonna be the the Phantom?" So Andrew means a lot to my life. So meeting him was was incredible. You know, um, I discovered somebody really funny, uh, in a way shy, mm. uh, like like um, yeah, like um, very into his work. But I discovered somebody very genuine also Uh, I was carrying literally my phone uh, on airplane mode but I was like I have him in front of me so I'm gonna take some pictures (laughs) Uh, and I like
1: Mal's good with this I I I, he takes he's good with the pictures let's get a selfie
2: (laughs) and I just took some pictures of him working with uh, his musical supervisor uh, dear friend David and um, I send it to to David and he was like I don't even have a picture like that that's beautiful and then Andrew posted posted the picture on on social media uh, just moments like that, that I go. I mean, this is a man that's that's a living legend, mm-hmm. you know. So, and we're talking about his life, and he's here, telling us uh, a bit more about his adventures, and telling us how how he wants it to sound, and giving us his time. So I think that's very generous. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, we're very fortunate. So it was it was good. It was brief. He came a couple of times,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and. Uh, but we get to see him every night, because he's right there, literally. <laughs> so we get to see and <laughs> a listen. A big
1: screen. Yeah,
2: and we get to listen to him. And this is the most, I think, the most personal show of his, because mm. it's, it's his his life,
0: his music. Yeah. So, yeah. And I was like, for you, because you got to create a part with him. Yeah.
1: yeah, that was really, that was really, really cool. I mean, School of Rock was a unique experience, um, especially with the role that I originated. It was a role that, you know... It, the show is so much about the kids and the relationship with kids and the kids and Dewey and um, the, the little love story that's there between Dewey and Rosalie and so from the beginning I don't think anybody would be averse to me saying that they they really didn't know what to do with, like, my role. I think it was the kind of role that you have to have. You have to have a villain. You have to have somebody to ignite the process that's about to take place, you know, to, to start the plot rolling. But, um, to instigate everything. But, uh they really weren't sure where she fit in Mm -hmm. and what that meant for me in a good way. I mean, at times it was very frustrating because every day things changed and you have to as an actor go home and go, okay, this isn't me, right? This isn't my fault. And after a while you go, no, no, you're doing the work. It's, it's just, they have to figure out where it lives. Um, but the great thing about it was I got to spend a lot of time with Andrew just singing. Mm -hmm. You know, I honestly think that that process is really what led to cats for me because by the time we opened School of Rock, I'd sung everything under the sun for Andrew Lloyd Webber. You know, We had tried this and this key, and we tried doing this, and we tried, let's lift it, let's lower it, let's do this, let's start it and make it eight bars, make it 16 bars. I mean, we had done so much to try to make that character work that I felt like we both got a good um, handle on who the other person was. And I feel very, one of the things I, I really enjoy about doing shows with Andrew is I feel like, he knows what my voice is, and mm-hmm. I feel like he trusts me, mm. which is a crazy, incredible thing to say <laughs> about Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber, but it, it's really, it's, it's cool that way, and um, so I definitely felt that coming into Unmasked, I felt so comfortable, and seeing him again felt so yeah. easy, because we had spent some time in the trenches, mm-hmm. to an extent, you know? Um, so it, it was, It's. I always appreciate it, I think he's, Absolutely an icon, Mm -hmm. it was so great to work with him on something original with School of Rock and see how, and even with this, but see how he's not overly precious with his work, Mm -hmm. which I think is something that would surprise a lot of people, Mm -hmm. that he, you know, if something's not working, he's ready to change it, he's ready Mm -hmm. to cut it, he's ready to try something else. He's, you know, I remember with School of Rock at one point, something wasn't quite working or he wanted to try something and he was like, come with me, and we went downstairs because instead of a pit we had like the band room. And we went down to the band room and, and he's looking at the score and he's talking to people and he's like, what if we had two come off and add one to this line and why don't you play this line and let's, you know, and just completely reorchestrating right there in the room. Okay, try it from here. Okay, now take the F instead of the, okay, great. And it was just, it's cool to watch a composer live that freely with their work, allow it to evolve. And I feel like he's one of those very well known, very famous composers that does that very well. Yeah. Show me there's a
2: reason for you wanting me to die. You're to get on where and how,
0: and not so hard on why. And although we, I mean, and I say we, and I'm, I don't know how to sing, I'm not a performer or anything, but you know, I'm out. I'm totally like Evita in the shower. But, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But we all you know, we all know his music so well and we all yeah. think that we're extremely familiar yeah. with it, but when you are deconstructing the songs with him, what were you most surprised to learn about maybe a song that you already thought you knew very well?
1: I mean hmm. I, I mean mine came from reading his book as mm-hmm. opposed to working with him, so I don't know if that's quite the answer you're going no, for. But, but yeah. and he actually tells the story in Unmasked, which I think is So exciting for the audience. But there's a story in his book where he talks about when he was writing Mm Evita, when he was coming up with the musical themes for Evita, and one of the things that was very inspiring to him in creating it was a memory of his from when he, I think, was still a teenager, a teenager. and he saw Judy Garland in her very famous I know, I love that story. Yes, <laughs> "Talk of the Town." You know this story, so now it's for everyone else to remember. It. Yes,
2: it's a great story.
1: So he saw Judy at this, you know, very famous concert. Venue, yeah. this, this venue, "Talk of the Town," and she and she showed up very hours late. The audience was already raucous, was already upset. She came out and was either drunk or drugged, or she was slurring her words really not the entertainer that she had been unfortunately as terrible as it is and started to sing the trolley song and it was disaster and it fell apart and so he said he saw her go talk to the conductor and the conductor started playing Somewhere Over the Rainbow and as the audience kind of jeered and and people were throwing things she tried to sing this signature song for her and put on such a brave Happy face for a crowd that was so seriously, you know, against her at that point, and it was obvious to him. He mentions it differently in the book than mm-hmm. he does in the film in the and Show. Unmasked, where he talks about looking around at the audience and watching what was on stage, and knowing, thrilled at the chance that he was simultaneously, and I'm gonna, I'm completely shortchanging how it's written in the book, but he was simultaneously thrilled to be watching something so singular and yet heartbroken to be watching, it was like a train wreck. Like it was just beautifully tragic and you couldn't look away and the reaction of the audience was a part of that and that's what inspired him when he was writing Don't Cry For Me Argentina. And from the moment I read that in the book, it's changed everything I know about that song. Mm -hmm. Because obviously that song is a beautiful beautiful song. And it's at a very important, poignant moment in the play, in Evita, and I've never sung it the same way again and I never will. Because the idea of, you know, this larger-than-life, grand, flawed, strong, beaten, triumphant woman who's got this incredibly facile, tough facade and is crumbling like old concrete on the inside Mm -hmm. tells you everything you need to know about her pleading with her public the people that created her. It's so of that Judy yes. Garland vein. You created this. And by creating this the way you did, you simultaneously destroyed Destroyed yourself, yeah. You've destroyed it. Anyway, that was a long yeah. answer to your no, question. No, but it's, it's wonderful. But it's so I'm, touching.
2: I'm,
0: I'm with my jaw dropped yeah. on my <laughs> It's so incredible. It was like, you know, it's like, all of this is like very, I don't know, like strange, like a uh, kismet I would call it. Because just the night before I went to see a mask mm-hmm. last week, I was just texting my friend who was like a huge musical uh, guy. And I was telling him like I love Don't Cry for Me, Argentina so much, but I don't know what it's about. Mm. Mm. And then, then there was my answer. Yeah. And now you told everyone about it. So. Thank and you it's so, much
1: so cool sharing. in this show. You know, I get to walk out and I watch him tell an abbreviated version of that story every night in front of me mm. to 1,200 people behind mm-hmm. me before I turn around and sing it. And when am I ever going to be in a position to be in a show? Where I, I get that mm-hmm. before I sing the song, you know, it's it's it's
2: pretty incredible.
0: What about for you? Like, did you learn anything about, him? like, maybe like a key or something? Or well,
2: a, a lot. I mean, not a key, but I mean, I got to to realize that he's a human being. He makes fun of himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um, <laughs> a lot, and I, I like that that humor. Um, makes him real. Uh, I'm like that too, so when, I, when I, I relate to that, I'm like, oh, I like that. Um, but I found somebody just very passionate with his work, and some, somebody who's a perfectionist, and who's not afraid to show how uh, what a perfectionist he is, but he's just in love with music, really, really in love with music. Mm-hmm. I found somebody very knowledgeable. He tells a story uh, that I didn't know uh, wh- about the variation that he does, um, of Paganini, and how if you transpose it to the major key and then invert it, that's what people get. Uh, he calls it uh, math- mathematics and music. Mm-hmm. I love that because it's so true. Music are math. Music is mathematics. So he's almost like a scientist in music. And when I saw that, I was like, wow. Nobody would have told me that. Dun, 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 if you invert it, it's. Dun, 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 I was like, wow. Um, so that just defines what kind of genius he is, uh, and I love that. Like uh, that, that just comes to show why his music is is grand and beautiful. But it also explains how. Oh, this one. Sounds like this every now and then, and it's like, but it's true because that's music, uh even in his music i were um we're in the in the in the, in the wings singing uh for Breakyon. uh that Alex is singing beautifully, and every time I go to to Mamie or to Rima, I'm like, this sounds like wishing you were somehow here again a little bit and I go and you go yeah but it's it, and it's like. Yeah, that's beautiful though because it's, it's part of him and, and he shows uh, it's like my mom's a painter for example and whenever she paints a face all the faces in a way look similar it may be the lady of Guadalupe or it may be a woman I don't know uh, giving a birth or whatever but the faces have something that that make me think oh that's the the face that my mother paints mm. so that's what Andrew's music is it has a stamp it has a Okay. It has a signature, right, he's like a mad scientist who's also, a yeah <laughs> um, you know so and i and I, I like that because it's it's very genuine and it's very who he is he is his
0: music is bigger than life, so what's like your favorite' Cause like I when, I when i was when I was uh sitting at a mast i I was six years old during the uh, Barcelona Olympics, so i don 't oh. remember. I don't remember What do you mean? Forever. You don't sing that in your shower <laughs> I didn't remember that song. And I was like, oh, this song is so beautiful. And I immediately downloaded it. So, what's like your favorite like Andrew Lloyd Webber like, deep cut that you wish more people would pay attention oh. to?
2: Oh, the deep cuts. Um, well, that was a hit in Mexico. Because Jose Carreras is huge right. in Mexico. So, when he talks about it not being a hit in America, uh, I always tell the cast, well, it was a hit in Mexico. Like, I know the <laughs> song. Like, I know the song, you know? But, um, Because of the Olympics and everything. But um, there's, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, all his most famous ones are are great, but there's one song from, that I didn't know, that um, is called, um, Till I Hear You Sing. I didn't know it. It's from
1: Love Never Dies. From Love
2: Never Dies, which is the sequel to Phantom. That's a beautiful song. Whenever Bronson sings it, I'm like... Wow, it's just a beautiful song. I think it's one of his most beautiful songs ever written, I think. But um, I think that's it for me because the rest are pretty famous. Like, <laughs> I think he's the most famous composer. Because like, his tunes are... I, I respect other... I love uh, Sondheim and I love or, other composers, but Andrew, Andrew has this um, quality of... He knows how to write hummable tunes. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why he like his shows are so commercial,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: because um, he knows how to create a hook, a musical hook. You leave the theater and you're humming at least one or two songs.
1: I have a, a newfound appreciation because when I knew I was doing a mask, like we're all familiar with so many Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff, but I was like, I wanted to get to know the D because we didn't know what was in the show. No. I was like, I better familiarize myself with all the stuff I'm not as familiar with. So I kind of listened to everything, and man, that. The cast album for Starlight Express oh, still <laughs> pops, like it's still cute yes. and it's cute in this fun like 80s way like that ACDC, do you know what song are yes. talking about? Mm-hmm. It's like AC, it's so spooky <laughs> and weird and I'm like, ah, I'm so into this. So, good, yeah. so I've listened to Starlight Express like more than a few times since we did this. So I've really come to enjoy that and I'm like, why don't we, come on, this joy, let's produce that stuff. Uh, yeah. They're on roller skates. Yeah, They race around the theater, that sounds awesome. But um, I love that. And then similarly, there's another song from Love Never Dies that Christine, Christine sings. Yeah,
2: Love Never Dies. Called
1: Love Never Dies, the title song. Ugh. And when I listened to it, because that was another one I was not familiar with at all, and so I was listening to it in my car when I was driving, and I was like, let's get to know this piece. And it's, God, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. song. And Sierra Boggus, who I worked with on School of Rock and is lovely, sings it on the cast recording for Love Never Dies. And it's like, she sounds fabulous, mm-hmm. like right. fucking awesome. And the song is so glorious. And um, Alyssa, who sings it in our show every night, sounds beautiful. Beautiful. It's just a lovely showcase for a beautiful singer. The tune is beautiful. It's very, I don't know, it gives me Puccini vibes. Like, it's just lovely and glorious. And you're so rewarded at the end musically. It's just a lovely, lovely piece. So that's one of my new favorites. Yeah,
2: and I have to, I mean, I love Sunset Boulevard, but I've never really paid that much attention to, I think, I'm not sure if it's, the over, I think it's the Entrez Act mm-hmm. which we, they play it's the car chase the, ca- the car mm-hmm. chase oh my god it's just genius like it's yeah. what a beautiful piece of music and yeah. Sunset Boulevard also I'm like wow people people should really know this more yeah because um, Sunset Boulevard is so elegant and so grand and so dramatic yeah. and so it's like a Hitchcock film in totally, a way yeah. like it's, it's like I always think um, I share a dressing room with Jeremy who sings uh, the title song and I always tell, tell him, I'm like, it's just so, Im- like it's, it's
0: grand, it's
2: grand. It's I mean, i uh, I did telenovelas for ten years for a living. I'm like, it's such a, it's it's a telenovela. It's melodrama, and I love it. Like it's it's so the rich machine. and so dramatic <laughs> and so over the top, but in a beautiful way. Yeah. Um, well,
1: and the lyrics for that are so great. Yeah, was, Sunset
2: was like, Boulevard. Sun- that's Don Ooh. Black,
1: right? Just gorgeous.
2: Yeah. It's a, one of the few times that I go, Oh man, I wish I was a woman. So I could be Norma Desmond. Jesus, It's the, what's really
0: one of the few the times. Songs? Really yeah. yeah. I'm just i I want, want you. <laughs> Norma Desmond. <laughs> <laughs> you do like you play Joe, he plays. Norma I love like that. Man. Let's twist Jesus. it up. Let's just change things together. Just like it's just like
1: Oh, it's incredible.
2: It's
0: one of the best characters yeah. ever. I really love, Mauricio, that you mentioned how memorable his melodies are. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I saw, you know, I think I'm one of the only people out there who generally love the Cats movie. Oh, <gasps> That's so great! I loved it. I oh yes. my God. had such a great time. And That's so
1: great. Yeah,
0: and, you know, one of the reasons why I think is because it proved something that I've always maintained, and it's that people who think they don't uh, like musicals, whether musicals are not for them, Andrew Lloyd Webber changes their mind.
2: Mm. And
0: uh, the second time I went to see it at the movies, uh, there was this magical thing that happened. And it was, you know, like, I think by then, because people, you know, we've got like, such bad reviews. Oh, and I think,
2: I think what happens with the, with the movie was social media destroyed
0: it. Yeah. Like, so, like, Twitter just Destinated. really... Yeah. It was, yeah. like, memes <laughs> and, like, everything. Yeah. <laughs> but when I, when I went to see it, I think that by, by the time I went to see it, it was, like, you know, a little bit after the holidays. By the time I went to see it, people showed up and it was like very performative what they would do they would like yell and oh yeah
1: it's like So like go see Rocky Horror yeah. Show
0: yeah but they would just do that out of like you know like out of like being like cynical and like jaded oh, and like let's funny. go make fun of the cat <laughs> but I was sitting there and I was like having a blast and I was sitting there and there was this row of teenagers who had spent the entire movie just like making fun and like throwing popcorn and just like you know being very annoying to be honest mm-hmm. how dare they throw popcorn at judy dench i know
2: right <laughs> <laughs> she can take it
1: <laughs> she's tough she's tough
2: broad she's, yeah <laughs>
0: but uh there was this moment when uh the mr misophily song started and suddenly the teenagers one by one started humming and then singing the song and then the entire theater joined in a Mr. Misopolis sing-along. Oh yay! And from that moment on, unfortunately, it was like very near the end of the movie. Right? Yeah. But from that moment on, those kids who had made fun of the thing so far—they won them over. It won
2: them over. Yeah. Like I they think were having a great time. I have time. a theory, and I've talked. It's funny that you mentioned Rocky Horror because I have a theory that that movie, in like 10 or 15 years, is going to become a cult classic, oh, yeah. and people are going to be showing it. In screenings and singing along and dressed as cats.
1: I mean, come and on. I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many moments in it that are
2: just...
1: It's ready for that. I agree. I
2: have a very yeah. uh, close friend that's English and she went to see it. And I was like, so what did you think of the movie? And she's like, it's bonkers. It's <laughs> insane. And that's what it is. It's like, it is bonkers. There were so <laughs> many
0: moments. Cats I was is just bonkers. yeah
2: Like, like I'm, I always tell what people, but it's cats. Like, it's always... It's always been weird. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, that's gee- the thing, I honestly,
1: <laughs> that's what I was hoping for with the film, like before I saw it. I was like, people, I, was like I just hope it really is bizarre because yeah. I think people forget because Cats became such an iconic piece of theater that everybody knows, whether you love it, you hate it, everybody knows it. So it's not at all surprising and new anymore. And if you think about when it began, like it had to be the most avant-garde piece of theater oh, yeah. in decades. Like people dressed as cats reciting poetry and singing and dancing. (laughs) I mean, it's the most like stonerific, amazing, out there thing. So I was like, it. It really is only going to make sense if the movie is crazy.
0: It's and it doesn't. It's crazy. It's like an experimental show that made it to Broadway. Yeah, it's
1: the kind of movie that I think Cats probably was to the first people that saw it. Like, you don't really know if you're high. You're like, did I take something and forget?
2: (laughs) <laughs> That's
1: how I felt well, watching the movie. Did you know like, there was <laughs> an animated
2: film in the mix uh, back in the nineties? Oh, uh, look on, on social media if you look for it. Uh, there's like even some sketches and drawings. Uh, but I think it was Miramax or so, like, uh, Oh, really? And they, I, they, um, one company, and they, but they stopped it, and it was going to be an animated film. Oh, that'd be voice awesome. It. Yeah,
1: I'd be into that. Well,
2: this is
0: like kind of like half animated. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just seriously, yeah, right.
1: that's the weirdest part, about yeah. it, right? It's like, that's what oh, makes no, it what's weird. real and what's not real? The hands. Yeah,
0: that's what made. made but isn't that like the magic of theater itself? I didn't yeah, like the roaches. This, this is the
1: thing oh, about. Like I, I not like Yeah, and I won't pick it apart because there are plenty of opinions out there. But like, you know, we work so hard in the show where you're, you're, you're cats, but you're humans, but yeah. you're like everything you do, you have paws. And this film, nobody had a paw. They were all like.
2: Duty well, bench has and a I ring. Like,
1: I don't understand. What's Judy happening? Duty bench has
2: her wedding ring. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Just make a paw. Come on, guys. Make yeah. a paw. You know what I felt?
2: You know what I felt? Full disclosure. I was like, they needed more time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I read somewhere that the director Tom. Hooper, Tom Hopper. Hooper. Hooper. Um, in the opening night, I think he was giving an interview, and he said that he had turned it in literally That's a day before. Like. I'm not gonna
1: say it looked like it. but but I'm not gonna not say it looked like it. I think they needed
2: more time. They should (laughs) have released it like in the summer of 2020, like so they could have more time. Yeah, I think that. but I have lots of opinions,
1: but I won't discuss them publicly. That's fair. fair But I, I, you know, I'm such a huge fan of cats, so yeah, yeah. Because
0: like what what I did love from the movie, and I think like everyone who gets to see the movie would agree. I hope is that you can see that everyone who was doing the movie was having a blast. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: and, I mean, and, how can yeah. you not? And
0: you know yeah. what I appreciate it too? Some people might not agree, but I, I liked
2: that, because a lot of people that have seen cats are like... There's even a famous phrase that's... Uh, I think it was Hal Prince or Andrew who said, it's about cats. Mm-hmm. Like, like, nobody knows what it's about. <laughs> and in the film version, which is a different take, there's actually scenes and texts and they explain sort of what it's about. Oh, you liked that? I liked it. I didn't like that. Because because I think I think the new generations like need that. Like no I don't I think they need
1: that well, that's me, that's me. Yeah. we we all agreed, but this. you've
2: done it. I've never done it so there I you just go. don't
1: I don't like you know, like uh, there have been a couple of things recently, and I won't name names you know productions of things where they've like yeah. added dialogue to try to explain, and i I just feel like you don't have to dumb it down for your audience, like they'll yeah. figure it out like you you figure it out, I don't know, that's just yeah. me, but. You
2: know. It is weird, but I've heard. But I, also I love read, your
0: beautiful mind. I
2: read an article <laughs> that says that uh, people are taking edibles before they see I it. Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely, like, I highly recommend that. Yeah. yeah. I highly
0: recommend that. to find out to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend. That. You know, it's legal in hey, some yeah. places. They're gummies. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'll pretend I saw it. We're in talking
1: about. Yeah, there, you there you go. go. <laughs> there you go. Colorado, California. <laughs> ah!
0: When you uh, played Grisabella, mm-hmm. you, uh, I don't know if it's like a world record or something like that, but it's. I don't think anyone's done it since you did it, but you were the first performer who, who does, you know, the big, the moment. climatic yeah. moment. We call her one-breath Mamie. Yeah, <laughs> and, yes. and you accomplished that so beautifully, and uh, I read Thank that you. most uh, performers need three breaths, and you did it in one, so, you know, Hats off to you. I'm sure you're like a great scuba diaper and snorkel. You know, you
1: would think. (laughs) I'm terrible at snorkeling. I can't can't figure out the whole, like, you you have to breathe through your mouth thing. It makes me feel like the walls are closing in. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm terrible at it. You'd think I'd be better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But what I want to, you know, I want to ask you about something because I noticed the two of you, specifically in Unmasked, I was in such awe because, like, you know, this is like you're doing songs from different shows and it's not in chronological order, and it's just like you know, like a, a medley in a way. Mm-hmm. But every time the two of you uh, sang a song, I felt the show. Like I felt like mm-hmm. you were oh, good. the show. Good. Thanks, and yeah. How do you do that? Like, How is, is it easy for you to be doing, I guess, like?
1: I think a show like this, you know, I, I, before I did this show, I, I did another review off-Broadway mm-hmm. of more yes to music, and that was one of the questions we kind of would get asked at the talkbacks is like, how is this different from doing a book musical? And in a way, it's, it's a challenge, but also kind of a gift mm-hmm. to strip everything away. Mm. It's almost like you do when you're studying, when you're in class, and you simply present a monologue or a song, and you have to get to that place, no matter you know, what you've done before. I could have been singing Vita one moment, mm-hmm. and then it's cats, and then it's this, and then it's Joseph. And then, but you, as an actor, it's your job to step through that invisible door and be in that other world. So it's, it's actually, I, I think, it. really, yeah, it's really fun.
2: Like to be able to... Different be, genres. Yeah. Different, throw
1: off the jacket and put on another jacket.
2: Like I'm singing Gitsam <laughs> one moment, like, belting and crying and so emotional, playing Jesus in a way, and then I'm Rum Tum Tugger. Yeah. Like, just dancing and being flirtatious and silly like a kid. So, I, I love that. Yeah. Um, I, I do love that because you don't, you don't get um, that opportunity so often in shows other than the shows that you create for yourself mm-hmm. like my mm-hmm. concerts. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but that's uh, it, this is a, a specific, very specific type of of show where she's singing memory and then she's Evita. And, like I love that. Yeah. Because um, you have to be like a chameleon in a way.
1: And it, it just it it encourages you, you know, in this kind of situation. And we're not in costumes, and you're not in yeah. the you know, physically in the world of the play. So you have to bring all that to your performance. Mm-hmm. There's you know, other than you've got lighting, you've got this wonderful music behind you. But there's nothing else telling you that you're on the balcony of the Casa Rosada except mm-hmm. me singing Don't Cry For Me Argentina. So it's my job to create the world in front of me. And that's genuinely one of the most exciting things I get to do as an actor mm-hmm. in any show. So to be given that gift of a completely of a blank canvas and allowed to paint on it as an actor any way that I choose every night is, I think, really, really great. Amazing. I,
2: mean, I love it. Yeah. And I do have to say we have only eight musicians. It sounds like Oh my god, it sounds 40. so
0: full. Oh wow It sounds like Can we you have believe it? I thought that was like a whole I know eight. 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 Wow. But the You're orchestrations
2: so uh, are written for eight because they uh, they wanna tour with it, they like they wanna make it um, si- like simple. It's not it wouldn't be as easy if there was like a twenty five piece orchestra to travel or whatever but it sounds like the Sunset Boulevard, the Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. I go, wow, it sounds like a whole string section is there. It's so full. It's, that's amazing to me. It boggles my mind. I, I literally stand in the wings and, and look at them when I have a chance and I go, wow, there's only eight musicians and it sounds like a full orchestra. Wow. So that's also another, like, kudos because we... It sounds
0: like we have a full-on Philharmonic <laughs> <till Yeah>. <laughs> every now and then. It's there. really true, yeah. Right. yeah. It's like, one of my favorite moments, I think, in any song is near the end of Don't Cry from Argentina, the little flute notes. Oh, yeah. uh, and I was like, where are the flutes I know, it's just... But they were there, so
2: like, wow. And the harp, Yeah. it's such... That song is famous for the harp, also. Uh, it won't be it's just it's
1: musicalized subtext
2: tell them how I what I do whenever Evita would come in rehearsals I would be like I would be sleeping on the floor and if Evita comes on I would just stand like oh Evita I just love Evita it's your happy place it's my happy place it's your happy place I love
0: Evita yeah it's it's just perfect. It's such a beautiful musical. It's gorgeous, yeah. yeah. And as we wrap up, let's dream about your next Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, role. Like, Ooh. What, what do you wanna, who do you want to play next? I think she should
2: be Norma Desmond in like 10 years. Sure. <laughs> I appreciate that you
1: added in 10 years of lessons. Yeah. Awesome, thank God. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know.
2: But I think she would kill that role.
1: I've always wanted to play Anita but I don't know that I'll get We're going to do a concert. Yeah, we'll do a concert.
2: Because she always like, but I'm not Latina. I'm like, I don't care. I approve. <laughs> <laughs> I approve. I'm
1: like, Mom, I love you. I don't think it's up to you. But, you know, yeah. Uh,
2: she okay. kills the pronunciation, too. Oh,
1: you're
2: so kind. She says, Buenos Aires. He's got, I've got a
1: good coach. <laughs>
2: Rio de la Plata. Uh, phantom. I want to be, I want to be phantom. Um, it's more, I mean, I love the show, but I, I really want to, I, I would love to give that present to my mother. Uh, I would love to her to like to be the mother of the phantom she would I mean I think that would be like the cherry on the top
0: We'll see. And there hasn't been a Latino Phantom on Broadway. So, so let's make it happen. Andrew, come on. What <laughs> um, do you like to invite our viewers? and our listeners just go see Unmasked at Paper Mill Playhouse. Yes.
1: yes. Please come see us. We've got a couple more weeks.
2: Until March 1st, so Paper Mill Playhouse. There's still some tickets available. Uh, it's a wonderful Same. cast. It's the music of Andrew Lloyd Webber. And uh, it's funny, it's endearing. It's uh, yeah. a lot of fun.
1: You have to hear him sing Gethsemane. You gotta oh, hear yeah. this oh one. Uh, oh, memory
2: and moment. the cast. I mean, we yeah. have some serious great Rima singing, Norma Desmond. Oh, it's
1: just everybody Jeremy heavenly.
2: singing. Like, it's everybody. Bron- Bronz, the guy that does oh. Phantom. It's like. Heavenly,
1: heavenly, heavenly. Like,
2: touched by the gods. Alyssa, uh, Alex, all of them. There they really are mm-hmm. an amazing cast. Angel Osada and David, who are our dancers and understudies and swings, and dance captains, they like, they do it all, also they, they, and the, there's, we even have a, sort of like a dancing, a dancer musician, that uh, is carried and and plays, um, the, what's the If you've ever wanted to see anybody
1: play the cello upside Oof, down, this yeah. would be your opportunity. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> it's like ah, like it's
1: kind are, of amazing. Like
2: and it's yeah. a, also like a do- I, say, I always say it, um, always like I've been doing it for a year. No. <laughs> I mean, the, the past two weeks they're like, what is it? I'm like, well, you get two shows for the price of one. You get a documentary of Andrew talking about his music, Yeah. which is just like turning on a Netflix documentary or whatever, and a concert with great voices
0: singing his music. Well, that's what it is. Yeah. It's also like a master class, I guess, yes. if you're a performer.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. go to unmask. Yes. It's a lot of fun. And uh, Mauricio, this is you know this is the third year that we've been doing token theater, friends, and you are our very first repeat guest. <gasps> so, oh. wow. Thank you. Courtesy of TCG, we
1: have Yay! one play oh, for wow. each year
0: that we've been doing the show. Oh, oh awesome. my goodness. Maybe next time you come on the show we'll
2: oh, bring you wow. some
0: house. I want four I'm just <laughs> thank you
1: Yay. thank you token friends
2: the open house oh wow and I love this he's
1: gonna be busy reading
2: yes
0: I love it thank I love you. reading plays thank
1: you so much for having thank us you. thank you great. thank you so
0: much thank you and remember theater is more fun when you bring a friend or two yes bye and ask them over again <laughs> <laughs>